Welcome to the Sacred Birthing and Beyond podcast. This is a space for you to remember who you truly are. Throughout your pregnancy, birth and your journey into motherhood, this podcast will support you to tap into your inner knowing, your inner guidance and begin trusting yourself more than ever before. This is where we have deep, wise and soulful conversations with myself and other mummers about their sacred pregnancy, their sacred birthing experiences and the rite of passage into motherhood. We keep it real, raw and inspiring to elevate your own spiritual path and help you to embody your intuition and your feminine power throughout your pregnancy, birth and beyond. And I'm so excited you are here. Welcome to another episode. Today we have a dear friend of mine, Laura Chappell, who will be sharing her two very different birth stories with us. Laura is a mum to two beautiful girls, Skylar, aged five, and Bella, who is almost two. The birth of her first daughter, Skylar, was in the hospital. Laura had an epidural and a lot of medical intervention. She didn't feel like she had a say in her birth at all, as lots of decisions were made for her. She felt quite powerless throughout the whole journey. The birth of her second daughter, Bella, was the complete opposite. Laura was very calm, it felt empowering, and she was involved in the entire process. The birth was all led by her. Laura describes it as a beautiful natural water birth, one of the best experiences of my life. Aside from mum life, Laura is also a very successful psychic medium and spiritual business coach who helps women activate their spiritual gifts and grow thriving businesses. You can find links to Laura's offerings and a social media handle in the show notes. So welcome, Laura. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation with you. Yes, me too. And we were just chatting before we hit record about both of your births with your daughters and how different they were. And the conversation could go on for quite some time because there's so much there to talk about. And I know you're, yeah, very passionate about your birth story and just sharing how different they are and what's possible because I remember, we'll go into both of them, but, yeah, I just remember when you birthed Bella, your second, how much of a high you were on. And it's almost like I just remember not even really hearing the story, but just you were just on this huge high, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, tell me the story. <laughs> mm, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to um to get into both of those. So I would love, let's so what we'll do, we'll talk about Skylar's birth, first of all, your firstborn. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move into how different that was with Bella and what changed for you. So just as you were pregnant with Skylar, what was your view of birth? Mm, How did you feel about it that entire time? So honestly, I was very fearful and anxious about it for sure when I look back and I didn't have much education around it. That was the the problem I think is I, I didn't have the level of awareness that I do now around the options, around the process. I wasn't feeling empowered. I kind of tried to forget about it and block it out and not think about it if that makes sense. And I think from my upbringing, as we've spoken about, my mum, I think without intending to, instilled a lot of fear in me around birth. 
um, because she had some experiences that were really challenging for her and she shared a lot of that with me. And, you know, I remember her sharing the story of my sister's birth and how it happened so quickly and how full on and terrifying and painful it was. And that sort of experience got me fearing it and, yeah, didn't want to kind of deal with it and face it. So I definitely wasn't looking forward to her giving birth, that's for sure. Yeah, we were saying before we hit record too, I think that was the experience of our parents, you know, our mothers and their mothers. Their experience of birth was nothing like and this is very a general uh, statement I'm making, but, you know, their experience was not near as empowering or positive as what a lot of women have these days because they essentially did what they were told. And mm-hmm. it sounds like, yeah, your mum's experience was perhaps not the most beautiful mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. yeah, sacred event of her life as it was with yours with Bella. Mm-hmm, absolutely yeah and you know all of hers were in the hospital system as well and you know as we get into the story I've had two very different experiences one in the hospital and one in a birthing center so quite different environments to birth in and I think that also impacted the differences in the birth experience as well yeah absolutely yeah. and that's it you know the environment every decision you make along the way when you're pregnant can impact your birth who you are talking to throughout your pregnancy or the narratives that you are told because then they're the narratives you end up telling yourself they're on repeat especially when you're fearful right and the thing that pops up for me as you say that and I, I think if anyone's pregnant listening to this you'll probably have had this experience but it's some interesting dynamic that happens when you're a pregnant woman and you bump into other mums they go to tell you their trauma stories. I don't know if you had this experience, Bianca, but with Skylar, everyone was telling me their horror stories about their birth. And I'm thinking, why do you think that's going to be helpful for a new mum who've never experienced this to hear the worst possible thing that could happen? And so there were differences with the first pregnancy and the second, which we'll get into. But the first pregnancy, I was absorbing all of that and I was absorbing everybody's fear and horror stories. And that just created more anxiety for me about, oh my gosh, this could be this terrible, awful experience. Like, is that going to happen to me? Yeah, because then then the fear escalates, right? Because you hear Mm -hmm. the worst of the worst and you're like, wow, now my mind is open to all these other possibilities, awful Mm -hmm. possibilities. Yeah. Although, you know, yes, of course they do happen to even those that prepare the most. But yeah, do you know what's interesting? As you said that, I am fully aware that so many women share their trauma stories to pregnant women, just like you experienced, but I actually didn't experience that. And do you know why? Just as you've said that, I feel that's because I, with when I was pregnant with my first, I was so excited about giving birth. Most of like, even from the very beginning, and I just, I don't, don't, and you, I didn't have a mum who was sharing all those stories with me either, right? It's mm. almost, I almost see it as you were so fearful that those stories just kept coming to you. That's right. Whereas yeah. I almost had yeah. this mm-hmm. barrier up to those stories because that wasn't the energy that I was in. Right. You know, yeah, and it's interesting, right? Isn't it? Mm. It's interesting to reflect on because. Mm-hmm. Even when I was pregnant with Lua, well, I don't know. So when you're pregnant with Bella, 
Do you, did you experience those stories as much as you did first time around? No, but there's differences because one, I didn't allow it. I wouldn't engage in those conversations and I made a declaration to myself in the universe that I'm only willing to receive and hear positive birth stories and ones that feel good to me. And that's all I heard. And I surrounded myself with women that had those experiences and did not give any energy or attention to anything other than that. So I think that really helped me. And if you look at the impact of stress, right, which is a whole other conversation, but if you're fed all these horror stories and all this anxiety, you know, and cultivating all of this anxiety around birth, like the stress and impact on your body, I really saw and experienced the impact of that throughout birth. And so one of the biggest things that I shifted, which we'll get into later, was releasing stress and, and anxiety around it because that's one thing that we do have control over, right, with preparing for our birth. Like we can do things to help ourselves feel more comfortable, more calm with the experience, and that's going to have a positive effect no matter what happens, that we're going to handle everything differently. Our body is going to handle things, you know, in a, the best possible way when we're calm and at ease with the process, right, no matter what happens. And that's what I'm a big believer about. I think preparing women to feel that they've got this no matter what and that everything's going to be okay because it's like that is going to be the most helpful thing when it comes to birthing, right, to be in that energy and to be able to tap into that. Yeah, of course. And whatever we have not worked through will show up in birth. If we have these fears through, and I, I that probably I feel happened to you, you know, don't know if that resonates for you or not, but with your first birth with Skylar, we're sort of jumping from your first to your second, but it'll, it'll all come together. <laughs> um, you had so many fears and perhaps didn't do the fear releasing th- as they popped up. It was, I remember catching up with you for coffee as you were nearing third trimester and I as you said before you sort of didn't prepare for birth or think about it you were just like I'll deal with that later I remember you saying that to me and I was it's avoidance though it was avoidance you avoid what you fear what you're fearing and I was consciously avoiding it in order to protect myself I didn't realize that I didn't realize the importance of preparing even just mentally emotionally for birth yeah because one of the most important things you can do yeah, and you like you said, you weren't surrounded necessarily with people. Well, you know, I guess we could have had many conversations around preparing and and a really empowered conversation about birth. But like you said, you protect yourself by just not even having the conversations at all. You don't open yourself up to it. It's like I just don't want to talk about it because I'm not yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> you know, I, I'm it's yeah. too scary to even think about. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm. and I didn't have a lot of friends that had had babies at that time I mean you you had yours after mine there was uh Candace a friend and there was like one or two others so I didn't really have lots of women who'd recently been through it and experienced it I was quite one of the first ones in my friendship circle you know so I think that made a difference too I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to about it when it came to birthing Skylar five years ago Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, the difference between birthing your second, right? Because everyone, all your friends around you have at least had your first and then all those conversations become deeper and more meaningful Mm -hmm. and more vast Mm -hmm. and you have already done it the first time round. So your awareness is just like... You know, yeah. it's so much bigger you than it was so before. Much, don't you about things you didn't even realize, didn't know about, or want mm. part of your awareness until you've been through it? So, yeah, what an experience! So, 
how did you feel about, so did you do any fear releasing or any sort of preparation for birth leading up to Skylar's birth? Nothing whatsoever. I just ignored it, to be honest. Like I was always busy with work and servicing my clients and I distracted myself and didn't really deal with it. I mean, I was reading books about um not about not about birth as such, but I was reading books about parenting and babies and looking after babies and things, but I was avoiding dealing with the birth because, you know, I think for me it was like, it's fine, don't worry, you can just take a drug because I was worried about the pain. That's what it was. I was really worried about how painful is this going to be? So I was kind of worrying about that and I just thought, well, it's fine, just take the epidural, that's what people do because, and then you'll be okay. So that was kind of my thing and then there was no other ep- preparation. Yeah, so you had your safety net. It's like, well, your mum and others had fed you how the stories of how painful it is and your solution mm-hmm. was, well, there's an epidural. I'm in the hospital. That's mm-hmm. the solution. That's what I can do. I don't, don't need it. to do anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you chose to birth in the hospital system. Did you have, how did you feel about, was your midwife different every time you had an appointment or oh, what did that so sort of look different. like? So I didn't know there was any other option, I'll be honest with you. It's like, okay, I've heard of home birth, but obviously for me I wasn't in a position where I could get my energy behind that or consider it as an option. Honestly, I didn't. And to be honest, at the time, my mom, because she was in the medical field too, her idea was that anyone that would do that is crazy basically because she, you know, when she's in the medical system, she's dealt with cases of worst-case scenarios. And so her mind just believes that to be true and happening for everyone. But it's like you don't see the positive experiences. She wasn't exposed to those. Does that make sense? So that was a big part of it. So because she was in the hospital, that's where my mum gave birth. That's I just went to the local hospital because that's just what you do. I did not know there was any other option. And I had a midwife. I had midwives, but the thing with the, um, I went in public with the hospital as well, you see someone different every time. And so there was no relationship. There was no connection. There was a lack of feeling supported in any way. Um, you know, I felt like just a number and it was just a procedure, you know, and that kind of escalated when it came to giving birth in the hospital system, you know, which we could go into. It's just such a disconnect and there's no relationship. There's no one um connecting with you about what you want how you want things to go how you want to feel what you want them to do like there was not no none of those conversations it's kind of this is what's happening this is it we'll see you on this date when your waters break come in and that's it this is what we do you know and I remember do you want me to go into the story yeah I just just want to say on that there's it's interesting with the hospital system like you said you don't know who you're going to get and sometimes you can get this angel midwife who just wants to support you and back you and empower you and advocate for you the whole time. And I've heard those stories where the women have been transferred from a home birth to a hospital birth and they've just had this most beautiful woman. You know, the system itself might suck in their experience, but this one woman can just change everything for them and be amazing. But that's luck of the draw, right? Well, you know, call it luck or not. But that's... You don't really get to choose who they are, especially no. if you go through a public system. So you're right. There's incredible midwives. But, you know, the lack of, like, relationship, I think. I think that having that relationship with people that are on the journey with you and that close connection is a big part of helping you to feel more calm and at ease and supported. Mm. I think it's very important. Um, yeah, so and for yeah, many people, and yeah. like you said, for many people... 
many people have the experience that you did, you know, that angel that I'm talking about, that doesn't really happen very often. You know, that's such a beautiful experience to have in a transfer or in a hospital setting that you weren't really wanting. But for you, your experience was so disempowered. You didn't have that connection that you were wanting and that you had second time round. And mm-hmm. I guess it's easier for you to reflect on because you can compare that what you did have second time to what mm-hmm. most or what a lot of women do have similar mm-hmm. to your first birth, which is so normal where they just don't know there's another option. I didn't know there was any other option. So it's like I was okay with the process. There's a good thing about me, even though we're completely different experiences, like I was fully accepting and okay with the process, but I had no idea that it could be significantly better, mm-hmm. that it could be this most incredible, empowering, beautiful experience, you know, that yeah. I had with Bella. So I just had no awareness of that. Yeah, so I think with um with your first birth, we might not go too much into the story. Like we'll spend more time on your second birth, but I'd love for you to just share, yeah, a bit of a brief story of Skylar's birth. So, you know, how did the labour begin? When did you go to hospital? What, what, what did that experience feel like when you got there? And, mm-hmm. you know, the birth itself. Um, and then did you stay in hospital for a few days? Yeah, what did that so sort of look like? That, yeah. Yeah. And so it was you- interesting. My, do you know the funny thing is, though, even for me, even though it was polar opposite, I still felt it was a positive experience at the time. Amazing, so it though, right? overly traumatic, even though you could look back and think that probably wasn't the easiest thing to go through. But yeah. I was, I was, I still felt it to be positive. Um, but I remember when my waters broke because I was on a walk um, with my dog and, you know, I felt a lot of heaviness and pressure down there and I didn't kind of think anything of it. And it was about five o'clock in the afternoon and my husband wasn't home yet. And I got home and laid on the couch. I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to rest. And I heard this like, boom, like this pop noise, like a balloon popping, like but a low vibration pop, like boom. And I'm like, what the heck was that? Like I've never <laughs> heard that sound in my entire life. I did not put two and two together what that would be. No clue. I didn't know if I was going into birth or anything like that. Um, and, oh, my gosh, I remember that. And that's when I stood up and then, you know, the waters had broken and, and you know, water started dripping. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, you know, in this shock, like what is happening? And Gareth wasn't home at that point. I'm like, panic, like he's not here. What do I do? So um, I went and had a shower and that's when the the waters were breaking, but the contraction started. And I'm like, how am I going to know when I'm like in labor? Like, how am I going to know? And then, you know, it gets stronger and stronger. I'm like, okay, now I know. Like, I, you don't have to doubt this. I'm in labor. <laughs> Mine was pretty quick. Like it was intense, but I've got this. I've got this. I'm in the shower. And there's a funny part of the story because it's like this like mad scramble. Then you go into, oh, we've got to get to the hospital. And like, I remember running around trying to find things to put in my bag. I wasn't that prepared either, to be honest. Second time around, I'm prepared. First time I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Um, and we're running to grab things and my waters are dripping over the floor and we're like trying to grab towels to clean it up. And it was actually funny. Like we were like, what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> I need to drink the car, get the car. We finally get in the car and we're going and my husband's asking me these really logical, practical questions like, where should we park? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I can't answer you right now. Like, don't ask me these questions. I'm like, talking. Oh, sorry, I cannot answer you. I'm so focused on what is happening to me. But we get there and I'm like relieved we get there and they check us and I was quite far along. I can't remember how many centimetres, but it could have been around like seven or eight centimetres dilated and 
um, it was pretty far along, but I was laying on my back and they were checking me and, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And eventually um, we go into the room in the birthing suite and it was like, it, it escalated quite quickly because it happened quickly. It was like Skylar was going to, was coming, it was on. And I'm like, I'm going to give birth really soon. But I think in hindsight, like I was laying on my back, I wasn't moving around. So this was a big thing to the second um, birth, not moving at all. And I think this had an impact in my view. I was laying there and I was laying on my back and she kind of got stuck and she wasn't moving and she wasn't coming through. And so I'm kind of starting to panic because I can see she's worried. You know, I'm starting to get worried. She's stuck. Now what happens? And what she said is, I need you to just stop pushing and doing anything and just wait for the... um, the um one of the obstetrician to come now that was the hardest part because everything in my body wanted to push and she's saying don't push wait and so that was probably the most challenging part because I'm like my body wants to push this baby out and now I have to sit here and just wait um so it was like all this like what is happening I don't know what's happening what am I meant to be doing by that time I'm getting worried and they're like do you want an epidural I'm like yes just quickly get the epidural and it's just chaos. It's chaos in terms of like these random people are turning up in the room. Who is this man? Now there's three others in here. I don't know what's going on. Like I have the epidural and they're like, okay, we're, we're on, let's push. And I'm like, I can't feel anything. They're like, you're not pushing. I'm like, I'm trying. Like there's just no control over my body. I don't know what's happening. Who are these people? It's a bit of that, but I'm I'm still okay. Like I've got this. It makes um, no sense, right? It makes no yeah. sense, you know. And the research shows that being on your back will stall labor. I mean, if you actually even put your mm-hmm. like feel it and think it, if you think about how gravity works to push mm-hmm. something down, yeah. and here you are on your back, and they're telling you to. Stop pushing. That's like telling someone to stop thinking. You can't do it. Like, can you imagine? I can only and make it equivalent to like you really need to go do number twos in the toilet, and you're like busting, and someone saying just hold it, and you're like, I don't think you understand. I can't hold it. It's like it's not pleasant. It's (laughs) like my body knows what to do right now, and my baby is trying to come out of my Mm -hmm. body. And you're telling mm-hmm. my baby, hang on, just wait a minute yeah. and lay what back. What do you think the baby's doing? She's getting distressed. What is happening? I'm getting distressed. We're frustrated as hell. I'm frustrated because my body wants to, I want it to do what it needs to do. And then you've got all these people in there. I'm like, who are all these people? There's like six people in here now. Who are yeah. these people? So it's a bit of funny. Like, where did this person come from? Why are they here now? Now, they're all having discussions in front of me without involving me. And I remember that. You know, and I'm like, this is interesting. No one's talking to me. Everyone's talking to themselves. So that was quite interesting. And so she's getting stuck. The obstetrician's there and he's like, she's not coming. You need a push. Um, And it gets to this critical point where they're like, if you don't push and something doesn't happen now, we're going to have to take you in for surgery, C-section. And I remember for me at that moment, it was like, that is not happening. Like, I'm not doing that. I want this to be a vaginal birth. Like, I've got this. Um, and by that point, I'm like connecting with my guides because I'm really spiritual. I'm bringing in all my ancestors and I'm like, help me with this. We have got this. We are getting this baby out. Like it's happening, right? Um, there was a lot of intervention because she got stuck because I think because everything slowed because of the epidural, I'm in this stress response and I'm not moving. And so how is this baby going to be able to move and come out? So they actually had to use a suction cap and 
pull her out. And the best thing was she came out. It was like, praise the Lord. I don't have to go into surgery. They started, started putting socks on me. And I'm like, this is not, you're, we're not going in. This is not happening. And it was the most beautiful, best feeling in the world. You know, it was still incredible. because I, I freaking did this. I've got this. We didn't go to surgery. I could hear her like, crying and I'm like she's alive it's amazing and I'm like overcome with joy and love and it's like the best thing in the entire world so it's like that was my experience um and it was still positive but very different and so there was recovery because there you know they had to do a bit of cutting and things like that and the the healing and the stitches that I had were not pleasant and so it just took a bit longer to recover very different to the natural birth that I had with Bella and the recovery and experience with that. Um, so it was like, it was still incredible. I still felt on top of the world, like I've got this, but I had no idea that there could be an, another completely different experience to that that would feel so empowering and so freeing and so beautiful and peaceful. And, you know, it was so Bella's experience was totally opposite. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, I guess in the end, whether it's a natural birth or whether it's a C-section or whether it's, um, you know, you have an epidural or whatever it is, if you come out of it at the end and you think that was just amazing, then mm -hmm. that defies anything, right? Mm -hmm. A woman's birthing experience is paramount. And it was for you. I mean, it's amazing, the woman's body. I was like, women are amazing. We can do anything. The body, like it was mind-blowing, you know? Yeah. But then it's when you, it's almost like, you know, you can drive down the street and only see red cars and all of a sudden you see a blue car and it's like, wow, I've never seen that before. What is this? This is amazing. I love it. You know, your experience after that was, wow, I can actually have a better experience than that. What does that look like? And holy mm. moly, how do I do that? Because it yeah. just was so much greater and more exciting and full of joy than you had at the beginning So with your first one. So what did you, so when you found out you were pregnant with Bella, your second daughter, how did you feel throughout that pregnancy about her birth or about mm. birth in general? And what, you know, were the mm -hmm. stories that you were surrounded by mm -hmm. this time around? What impacted that experience? So the biggest fear I had was how painful is this going to be? Because one, I decided after Skylar's and after experiences from a lot of my friends, yours included, that you had natural birthing experiences without pain medication. That was a big thing for me, like, well, and like my, honestly, the funny thing for me was before that is like people are crazy. Why would you want to like experience potential pain if you don't have to? Yeah, why would you do that? And I'm like, why? Why a natural birth? Like, and then I started playing with the idea. And after I'd heard your experience, I was like, whoa, like this is incredible. Like, what if I could actually do this? What if I didn't need any intervention and I didn't need pain medication and I could get through this? And it could be as positive as my friends were experiencing so I was playing with this idea and I was having when I was pregnant with Bella I made a decision I am not speaking to anybody about their trauma stories like I just made that boundary to myself that I'm going to fill my mind with only possibilities of the best possible outcome and experiences and stories of 
it going beautifully and better than they could have ever imagined. I just was like, that's all I'm available for. Because no matter what happened, even if I didn't have that experience, I knew it was going to serve me better to be surrounded by those stories of possibility and beauty and empowering stories than anything else than that. So that's what I did. And so over time, listening to these stories, talking to you, Bianca, realizing how so many of these women had no fear around the natural birth, they did it. And then they would say to me, I would ask them, but would you do it that way again? And they said, absolutely, yes. And I'm like, what? You would do it naturally again after you've experienced the potential pain and this, that, and the other? And they're like, yes. And I thought, I can't understand that. That's unbelievable to me. But now I'm like that. I would 100% do it naturally again in the way that I did it 10 times. Like I'm not going to have that many children, but I was, it was the best experience of my life, one of the best experiences. So I get it now. But I played with that idea. What if that could be me? Like, what if I could have this incredible experience like they had? What if I could do this? What if I was more capable than I thought I was? And what if I could fully trust my body that it knew exactly what it was doing? That's what I started to play with. And that's when you also made different decisions along the way too, right? So instead of birthing in the hospital, you chose Mm -hmm. the birthing centre. So why did you choose the birthing Mm centre here in Perth? Well, because a lot of my friends that had the most incredible experiences had them there and they had water births. And even at that point, it was hilarious because my mum's medical and this idea of I was so scared to share with her that I was thinking of going down this way. I'm like, she is going to like, like think I'm crazy and she's going to not cope with this. I remember. Like, oh, yeah. Don't you tell her. Do you remember this? So I, I do. Like, and so I decided I got in my power. I did my research. I talked to women who'd been there. I found out what it was about. I found out why water birth could be so beautiful and, you know, the way that women described it, feeling in the body and how calming and relaxed the body felt in water, which I can go into my experience of that because it was so profound. And um, I just made the decision I'm doing it. I did the application. Now I remember you, Bianca, because I avoided it and you said, have you applied yet? Have you done it yet? And I was putting it off. <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't. I'll get to it later. Um, I was avoiding it because I was still a bit fearful, but I did it. I applied. I'm in. You know, I started to go meet the midwife. I had the one midwife the entire time, and she was in my birth. And it was, I was like crying happy tears and hugging her at the end because we had been on this beautiful, incredible journey together. And she helped me a lot to believe I could do this and it could be beautiful. She helped me a lot because she had seen and experienced so much of these positive, beautiful experiences. And then she, and she said to me, 98, 99% of the experiences here are like incredible. And it's a small percentage where people get transferred to the hospital is what she was saying. It's like, really? You know, so yeah, with so that conversations, yeah. So with the birthing centre, just for anyone listening, the birthing centre here in Perth is attached to one of the main hospitals. So at the birthing centre, they have you have the option of having gas, but there's no other medical intervention really that's possible there. If you want an epidural, if you want need something else or even something, you know, uh, more urgent or you need to go into surgery, they transfer you to the hospital. So you went into that knowing mm-hmm. that you were choosing a natural birth basically. Yes. And that's and a huge helped. decision for you. 
She, oh, massive. But what helped me is, okay, worst, worst case scenario, I want that epidural that we're right near the hospital. So that really helped me to go, I've got this, you know, that panic of what if something goes wrong? I'm right there. And so that helped mum get on board. It was like, mum, I'm doing this. Like, this is what I want. I want to experience this. And the hospital's right there. They can rush you there in five minutes if you need to. So that kind of helped relieve her worry about it, you know. So that was a great option for me. And I also just want to touch on that quickly too. What you're ex- what you're describing now is what so many birthing women experience, whether it's their partner, their mother, a friend, somebody that may not agree with their decision, may not understand their decision to have mm-hmm. a natural birth and feed their fear onto the birthing woman, yes. feed their stories and so forth. And that was, I remember and you've had this a few times in your life and it's interesting it keeps showing up because it's such a an opportunity for self-growth and self-responsibility and authenticity to what feels right for you is mm-hmm. to say to those people, whether it be your mum, your sister, your friend, whoever it is, that this is my choice. Yeah, this is what huge. I want and I am choosing it and I will try and help you understand. But in the end, this is my body, this is my baby, this is my birth, and this is my choice. That was huge for me because I'm a chronic people pleaser and I was always doing things to um, seek approval from my mom like my whole life. And this was a huge turning point where it's like, I know that your choice for me would be go to the hospital, but this is what I'm doing. And it's like, if you're that much in your power and you're like, I've got this, I'm going to be okay. This is what I'm doing. Like I would love for you to get on board and with or without your support, I'm doing it. People can't help but get on board. I think that's what happens when you're in your power, in your truth. And you're like, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. Everyone's like, okay, this is what we're doing. A hundred percent. Even with my husband. And he's like, okay, like if that's what you want, I'll support you. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And that it's, energy and you and I love to talk about energy but that is energy when you are fully in your power and fully when you absolutely and completely believe in your decision mm-hmm. then nothing else is available mm-hmm. you know it's like yes. kind of those walls I was talking about before you put those walls up and it's like I don't want anything else coming in mm-hmm. you can keep yes. your stories keep your fear to yourself mm-hmm. support me or not but this is it yeah and then I almost want to talk about manifestation with all of this too. I don't know if your listeners are open to all that. Of course. Yes, of course. But I feel like it's a big part of this because, you know, I always being, you know, my background is psychology as well. And I've got this passion for mindset and I'm a strong believer in that, you know, we create our reality through our thoughts and feelings and what we focus on. And so, yes, there's an element of not, we can't control everything that goes on in our life and our experience. But what I learned is what I can control. It's like, I can't control the outcome of the birth, exactly what happens. I don't know. But what I do have control over is how my belief systems, my feeling, how I choose to see this and what I focus on. And I know that if I focus on the best possible outcome and what what is possible for me, there's a much bigger chance of that happening. And even if it doesn't, I'm okay. Like that's the work too, to release the control over what needs to happen and also trust that whatever's meant to happen will happen. And either way, I've got this. That's what I came to. And that's where your personal growth had evolved to since your Mm -hmm. first daughter's birth up until this point where Mm -hmm. you could basically surrender Mm -hmm. and say, well, 
I've done the All work. I can do. Mm-hmm. And then whatever, and we talk about this on the podcast quite a lot, whatever then happens, happens, you know, because, mm-hmm. yeah, divine intervention or the yeah. divine plan is mm-hmm. there and we're not to know what that is. Yeah. And yeah. I always trust that everything is always happening for my highest good. Like even that experience with Skylar and some of the challenges I've had in life has always turned into be such a gift, the biggest gift that I can share with the world and help others with. And so I fully trust in that now with the universe. It's like only good things come from those experiences and I'm always better for it. And I learn and grow and evolve in a way that I wouldn't have if I hadn't had the experience that I did. You know, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you, having the experience with Bella, I don't think, if I hadn't been through what I did with Skylar. And to understand the different experiences women have around birth, to relate to people on all levels. Like, I'm so grateful to have the broad range of experience that I had, you know. Yeah, and I hope a lot of women listening to this can really reflect on their own experiences, whether that be a traumatic birth or, uh, you know, even just interventions that they weren't wanting where, they can really reflect on how that has supported their growth and perhaps led to a more beautiful birth second time round or what they've learned from that and the work that they do in the world now and how that's impacted who they are, you know, because it's such a powerful reflection process to Mm -hmm. look at those experiences and think rather than it being a doom and gloom experience, uh, experience, wow, what can I actually take from that? You know, mm-hmm. what was the greater purpose to that? Mm-hmm. And I think some women that have had maybe not as positive experiences, that has become that they have, it's ignited this fire in them to want to help other women have different experiences. So that's also part of it too. It's like, you know, their passion for wanting to women to have a more positive experience or be more empowered in the birthing experience because they experienced not you know, and so that passion might not have happened had they not been through that feeling of being disempowered, you know. Yeah, and this is where I wish a lot of the stories were or the narratives, you know, if when you're pregnant and someone tells you a trauma story, they're processing their own stuff, you know, and I have a lot of compassion for those women that feel like they just need to process it and have someone listen to them. But imagine if they turned those stories into instead of, this was my trauma story or this is what happened to me and it was awful. Well, instead of that story, imagine if they shared, okay, so if I was to be doing it all over again, these are the things I'd do different. So here's some ideas. These are the lessons that I learned. I learned that, you know, this is what I gained from that is a more helpful conversation than the worst possible thing and leaving people with that. It's like, you know. So, yeah, so I think for me, I gained so much to realise that, okay, if I've navigated that experience going through the hospital system with all the intervention, then I've already done it. I've got this. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, whatever happens, like, I can, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I felt very trusting and supportive of the universe and the medical people and all of that too. But, yeah, this experience with Bella, it, it was releasing a lot of fear and anxiety I had about pain, which was really, really interesting and about you know, it going wrong or it, it not happening. Um, so a lot of the sessions, even talking to you and looking at my beliefs and realising to other women that they their experience of pain is different. And so when we get to talking about Bella, the interesting thing, I wouldn't describe it as having pain. Mm. When I was birthing her naturally, it was quite an interesting feeling that, you know, when I think of pain, it's like something that's so sore and so bad and so hurtful that you just 
you can't go away. It was like not like that, you know. It was a very different experience to what I expected. Yeah, I'd love for you to, yeah, I'd love for you to, yeah, start with Bella's story. So how did, you're going into it feeling so much more supported by your midwife, you developed that relationship with her, the birthing center, it feels like home there, doesn't it? You know, if you're not having a home birth, it is like Mm -hmm. second close Mm -hmm. to that. It it feels like home. It's a beautiful place. We talked with an option of having her children there it was like there were discussions about having Skylar there and I'm like really people do this this is a possibility like something I never fathomed whatever my wishes were about what would happen we talked about she knew 100% what I wanted to experience and that if possible I'd like no intervention I don't want to be pushed into this that and the other like this is my wishes and she maintained that through the whole process and even at the end when I was getting pushed into making certain decisions I wasn't ready for she backed me and said look Laura's not ready to make that decision right now like we're going to talk about it in a few days and and that felt so good someone had my back and she was fully supportive um through the entire process so that helps me to have lots of confidence it's like okay I trust her now and I know she's got this she's got me and you know, we can do this. And so there was a very different experience going in. Um, I wanted to have Skylar there. That was the intention, but it's interesting how it planned out and it worked out perfectly. It so happened she was having a sleepover with her grandparents that night. And I remember going to bed. It must have been 10 or 11 at night and going to sleep. And I'm like, my bed is wet. (laughs) What is going on? And I opened the covers and I'm like, what? Because this was the day of her due date. So I did not expect, I thought maybe we might be late. I didn't think she was coming that day. And I saw the the wet and my brain was like, it's happening. Oh my gosh. And there was this slight panic because it was like, I didn't think this was happening. Oh my God, Gav, like we've got, what are we doing? And so it's on, it's like, okay, it's, it's happening. And so um, I remember packing, I remember getting in the shower, getting comfy, getting in the car, it's late at night. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm actually really glad Skylar's not here because we would have had to wake her up and she would have had to get in the car at that point. And I rang the midwife, we explained everything. And she said, yeah, you should probably come in so we can just check like where you're at. And so we go in, but I'm really early. And she's like, look, you probably should just go away and come back. And I was like, oh no. But it was actually like a good experience because we went for a drive. It's like, we went to the beach, we watched you know, the sun rising. Um, we had chats, we had a laugh in the car because Gav and I have been together since we were teenagers. And we were in this park, car park late at night together and we were cracking up. We're like, how did we get here? This used to be us like on a late night drunk out partying and here we are about to give birth, like waiting <laughs> for Like what the heck happened? Like this is a very different reason to be up at this time of night. And we're just like, this is really funny. Um, so we had this real bonding experience and it was beautiful. We finally go back to the um, birthing centre and I think it's about 5 a.m. by then. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're ready for you. The one thing I did differently is I kept walking. I kept moving. It felt amazing going through the contractions and all of that and just power walking, like looking at the trees, looking at the sunset, like the sun is rising, hearing the birds. I'm like, "Um, I've got this. I'm loving this. So I was just walking and that felt incredible for me. And the contractions and all that was so manageable. It was like, I just want to be moving. And that was what's so different to the time before. It's like my body loved that. And I remember it was getting more intense and I'm like, okay, we're getting closer. We come back to the room and I'm explaining to them, they're like, right, we better fill the the bathtub up. 
And I remember by that point, all I wanted, I'd forgotten about the bath, totally forgot about all of that. I was just focused on me and internal. And I, I remember thinking, I just want to have a shower. Like, I just want to be in warmth. I want to shower. And they're like, we're going to run a bath. I'm like, that's a great idea. Like, I, <laughs> I totally forgot we're doing that. That's incredible. And so they're running this bath and it's like dim light. It's beautiful music. You know, it was your playlist that you gave me, which is so incredible. Like um, one of those songs I release control and beautiful. I was like, oh my goodness. They've got a salt lamp. The bath is beautiful. I get in and I'm like, I'm in bliss right now. This is, I'm in my happy place. This is where I want to be. And Gav's in there. And the really interesting thing was the midwives basically were not involved. And and that was fine. It's like, it was just me and him. And it's like, they were behind me. I was aware they were there, but they stayed out of it. And so that's what was so empowering is like, if I needed anything, they were there and they would kind of give me a few words of encouragement, but I pretty much did it myself. And, you know, they would let me know how I was progressing. And, you know, we were in the bath at six and I think I gave birth to her at 6.50 or 6.45. So it happened. It was gentle. It was beautiful. And, you know, the fear of the pain, I was mind blown because the the body's chemicals, the euphoria that I've got this, that it feels so great and amazing. I can do this was happening. And I was flooded with the oxytocin, feeling like, you know, incredible, really. Um, and with pushing her, which was really interesting, I had this vision in my head that you push and they just like tear through you. I'm like, this is going to be terrible. But it, <laughs> like we, I was like, oh my gosh, we're working together, realizing, wow, I'll push, I can release off, she goes back. We'll push again. Oh, that just felt a bit much. Let's just, you know, pull back. I was like, I'm actually in control of this is what I realized. And she's working with me and we're doing it together. And we're doing like this dance of like, can we try again? Yep, we've got this. And then we're just going to release again. And so when I was, she came through when I was ready, when I was like, right, this next one, I'm ready. And I remember the moment of her head being there and the head popping out. And by that moment, I'm like, I've got this. I've done the hardest part. Holy moly. Like we're about to meet this baby. No way. And there was no like extreme pain or agony for me in any way. It was just like this, I can do this. This is incredible. This is a profound, my goodness. And my husband's there and it's this most beautiful, intimate moment. And I do this push and she drops out into the water. And I'm like having this moment of, oh my gosh, she's in the water. Like, and you're just reaction, pick her up. Oh my gosh. And she's just calm and as peaceful as anything. Like she's just mm, like chilling out. It's like, she didn't even know like what's happened because it was so gentle and peaceful. And like it has that moment before like you hear like the cry or anything and you're like, is she okay? What's happening? And, you know, that all happened and she was, it was the most beautiful euphoric experience I've ever had in my life. Like I was just like, it felt so spiritual. I felt so supported, so empowered. I And I was on cloud nine. I was on madly in love cloud nine. Like this is the best thing of my entire life. And that continued for quite some time for me. <laughs> like no matter what was happening afterwards, it's like, this love bubble of like, we did this and it happened perfectly. And my daughter got to come to the birth center. So it was like six, seven in the morning. And I'm like, Gav, can you go get her? Go get her. And, you know, he drives to my grandparents' house and my parents' house and like picks her up and tells her and she's over the moon excited and gets to the birth center and we're laying in bed and we're cuddling. And, you know, that moment they meet each other for the first time is like the most incredible, beautiful experience of my life like for sure and 
you know, the fact that we didn't have to rush, we didn't have to leave quickly. It's like we just had our moment and it was comfortable. And the other thing I remember thinking is, thank God I get to go home today. Because with Skylar in the hospital, we had to stay at to stay for three to five days or something. And it's not as you just want to be home. Like I just wanted to be home. And so the fact that it just all happened so beautifully and we got to go home, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I was like, I had no idea. Like I would even remember how excited I was. Mm. I was blown that this experience was possible. And I said to myself, I, every woman deserves to experience this. Like I want every woman to experience this, to know what this is like. Um, that's how I was feeling, you know. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast and any other woman I bring on the podcast because every woman deserves to know that is possible. Yeah. And you that's know, how, like, because you know God, the created universe, like designed us perfectly, perfectly for this. And, and you realise that. We do have a divine plan. There is divine intervention. You know, like we said before, we don't know what the outcome will be. We can prepare for a beautiful natural birth, but it may not always happen like that. But we have so much capability within us to prepare and have that self-responsibility where we stay in our truth and we say no to those other stories that we do not want to hear and we say yes to the things that we do want you know Mm -hmm. whether that's a doula doing hypnobirthing doing an online course to prepare for a natural birth that's what I did as well yeah I forgot about that I did hypnobirthing in an online course which really helped too yeah yeah and so you took self-responsibility for Mm -hmm. what you wanted Mm -hmm. whereas the first time round, it was like I'm riddled with fear I will do what I'm told and I don't even know what I want by then because I haven't had space to even explore it or consider it yeah you know or uh, but also you didn't want to have those conversations either I avoided it Mm -hmm. yeah it was avoidance you know and second time around it's like right okay yeah I remember there was some avoidance there with you for sure but that's obviously fear of what you had you know fear of maybe still not getting what it is that you want because you're choosing something different but you took steps towards what you wanted and then your baby met you there because Mm -hmm. she also wanted that and just when you were sharing before about her head you know coming a little bit out and then going back in and she was working with you and you're like I can do this I'm in control like there was no pressure there for you about come on push 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 there was none of that it's like your baby was born exactly when she wanted to be born on that Mm -hmm. minute you know, yeah. she had a, a time of when she wanted to be born and your body and your support team supported that. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. And even by that point before all this, I was at a point of like whatever happens needs to happen, either way I'm going to be okay and it can still be incredible even if it doesn't go that exact way mine did. Like with Skylar, I was still on cloud nine. I still felt it was the most magical, incredible thing that a woman can ever do and You know, I think that's available to us no matter what our experience is, depending on how we choose to see it, you know. How did your birth with Bella change you as a person? Mm -hmm. 
which is a, yes. a big question because it does in many ways, right? Honestly, but- do you know what? If we, I've actually never been asked that, and I think I do. You know what's interesting is that my business really started to take off after that, and I think the biggest thing was this is the level of empowerment, of conviction, of knowing, holy moly, we are capable of so much more than I ever thought possible. Our bodies, our minds how connected we I felt spiritually I can literally do anything I felt believed truly if I can do that if my body's capable of that what else am I possibly capable of? I can do anything and so growing my business and doing all those things didn't feel as difficult or as hard because I just believed in the potential within all of us 100% you know so I think that's the biggest shift that it gave me um yeah if I had to put my finger on it that would be what it was And so for any mum listening to this who she might be a first-time mum or second-time mum or so forth, if she's wanting to have a natural birth and has fear around that, maybe because of birth trauma before or she hasn't birthed before, what advice do you have for her throughout Mm -hmm. her pregnancy leading up to her birth where she's wanting this beautiful natural birth experience? What's your biggest advice for her? I think one, surround yourself and with people that have had their birth experience you want to have, whether that's friends or online, like wherever you can be in the energy of those people, podcasts like this, listen to the people and the stories and books of the outcome you want to have, get support, whether it's having a midwife or a doula or someone that can be through that whole experience with you. I would do some work around your beliefs and calming your body and your mind and your fear so whatever healing modality that is it's like if it's hypnotherapy if it's meditation if it's breath work there's so much available to us I would choose a tool that you're drawn to and really focus on that or find a healer that's able to help you with that um and focus more on thinking about the kind of birth you want to have how you want to feel how you want to experience it what you're available for what you're not I think that's the best work you can possibly do is really tune into yourself around if anything was possible what would I want to experience how would I want it to go what am I not available for I think that work is incredibly important Mm, I love that it's asking the bigger questions right Mm. being available and open to anything else other than what the general narrative is around mm-hmm. birth it's like wow mm-hmm. what else is possible how yeah and I, what if what that? if I could have yeah. an experience like that but it's being unattached to it needs to be this way it's more uh, wouldn't it be amazing and how cool would it be if I could play with the idea of that but trust and know at the same time whatever's meant to happen will happen and the birth I'm meant to have will happen mm-hmm. and I can just do my part and just surrender and trust in the rest, you know, hand that over to the universe, you know, and and just in, and see what happens, you know. Beautiful. So just to finish up, your um, do you have any offerings at the moment that you wanted to briefly mention? Because we'll put all your social media handles and links in the show notes. But, yeah, if there's something that you wanted to speak about now, go for it. Awesome. So one of my um, best-selling programs is the Psychic Mediumship Academy. So one of the things that I'm known for is activating your psychic mediumship abilities, spiritual gifts, which is a huge part of my life, my work, 
um, also the growth of my business. So that's one of the big things that I do if you're interested in. I have lots of free courses and trainings as well on that. Um, and so definitely reach out and come and find me in the Visionary Souls Facebook group. That's kind of where I hang out. That's where my community of spiritually open, like-minded people are. And um, thank you so much for having me, Bianca. It's been so much fun. Like I loved sharing this, you know, and having the space to talk about it. It's just such, I just, we were saying this before we hit record, when you talk about something that you just deeply love, it's just, oh, your energy just lights up and explodes. So I'm so grateful for your willingness and excitement to come on here today and talk about this and share your story, because not only did we just share your birth stories, but we shared all the behind the scenes stuff around that and the lead up to that, which I just think is actually as powerful as the birth Mm. story itself. So yeah, I'm so grateful for your time. And for any listeners, if you're interested in developing your psychic gifts or mediumship gifts, then, oh, wow, Laura is amazing. I mean, a lot of her spaces and I absolutely love her energy. It is always high vibe and excitement. She's so passionate and enthusiastic about what she does. And you will feel that absolutely in every post, every video, every communication and connection with her. So I'm very proud of you. And um, yeah, I really encourage anyone to jump into your space and see what it's all about. So Thank you, my beautiful friend. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. It's so fun. We've been on such a journey together. So it's so lovely to um, have this connection and this, you know, conversation. And for any... Anyone listening, if you have any comments, any questions about today's episode, please reach out to me on the socials. If there's any specific topic you would like me to cover on the podcast in relation to sacred pregnancy, birthing or motherhood, please reach out to me via DM on Instagram or Facebook. I would absolutely love to hear from you and bring any inspiration or guidance or wisdom to you, anything that you're seeking throughout your pregnancy, your birth or your motherhood journey. So reach out. I'm always there to connect with you. So until next week, big love to you all. You, bye. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please consider leaving a podcast review to help this podcast reach more people. I invite you to also like this episode, share it with your family and friends, and be sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date with all future episodes. To follow me on the socials, you will find me on Instagram and Facebook at biancajanelangstuff.xo. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for being here.